Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Opinion, the Good Fight Podcast. This one covering season one, episode eight, titled Reddick v. Bozeman. I'm the host, Mike Marback. Today, I'm joined by Molly Scullion. Hello. Jack O'Keefe. Hello. Keen Cobb. Hello. And Tia Kemp. Happy Easter. Yes, happy Easter to all who celebrate. Uh, for those that don't, happy Sunday. Happy whatever day you're listening to this podcast on, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but that is when we are recording this on Easter Sunday. All right. Uh, so we're going to start as we start all the time. First impressions, Molly. It's a, it's a very, I, I forgot about this episode and it's just such a heavy episode. I forgot how the case turned out rather. I remembered the, the basics of it, but yeah. Oh, it's, it's just, it, it's one that really gets to me as far as the, the, the you know, episode focused case. But I really enjoy the um, the dynamics going on at the firm with uh, Carl and Adrian. I think it's really, really fun mm-hmm. to watch that happen and to see Adrian sort of like, you know, flustered and mm-hmm. having to be put in that situation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Tia. I really like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was... I felt like a little kid. I was so excited. Like my cultural side was excited by seeing Louis Gossett Jr. I just love watching him. Like he is a legend. So that was a treat. And then my comedic side, love seeing Andrea Martin. And I'm just like, I love her. Like she's a treasure. It was so good. And as far as, so outside of the actors in this episode, (laughs) watching the good fight, version of get out was very interesting with all the scenes with <laughs> it was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Definitely. so that was uh that was interesting and i just want to say um shame on anyone who thought the pastor was guilty i thought he was guilty too and oh, how yeah. dare you i was also <laughs> surprised he was telling the truth i thought he did it yeah shame shame on all of you that's all i have to say <laughs> mm-hmm. i think this was like molly was saying a really heavy episode a lot of moving parts, very, very fun parts that now, now I'm thinking about, I just might've, I think uh, it's very enjoyable. Here's the thing though, which I'm not sure if I'm wrong or right. No, I'll, I'll bring it up later. I really liked it though. I can't wait to talk more in depth about certain parts. Sure, Jack. I think this was a really great world building episode of this series. I think that the you know, any of the plots that we've gotten used to, both like the development of the firm and like the Rendell stuff didn't move too far ahead. But uh, I think we got some really great new characters and uh, a really good sense of uh, the firm. I I think meeting Reddick really sort of like helps fill out what we were missing from the firm, which is like legacy. Mm -hmm. And that there, there is this historical import um, to the firm outside, you know, they're not just a law firm. They are a law firm associated with like one of the biggest names in civil rights in this universe. Yeah. And I think that was something that I think helps that plot real or the, the entire plot related to the law firm and the politics within it really click into place for me. Yeah, I agree with all that. I really enjoyed the episode, the, the the comedic elements, the very get outedness of of things, as Tia put it, very fun and uncomfortable uh, through throughout. Yeah, meeting Reddick 
we, we've heard the name, we've seen it on the walls, uh, meeting the person behind the, uh, the lettering uh, was, was pretty great. And Lewis Gossett Jr. can't do better than that. So good uh, and played the hell out of it as he does everything. Um, it did take me a minute or two to realize that's who that was. Um, I just hadn't seen him in anything in so long. Uh, but yeah, came back. Plus he, plus he shaved his facial beard. Not facial beard. Uh, his so. facial beard. His facial hair. <laughs> yeah. Facial hair. Because I'm, I'm used yeah. to seeing always with like a, like a real thin mustache and some some roles like a goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goatee is like clean face is like, ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and as far as the Rendell stuff goes, we almost had some big movement, and then we didn't. <laughs> you know, I can't we wait almost, to talk about that. <laughs> we almost <laughs> pushed that ball forward, and then uh, we lost some ground. All right, uh, so I'd like to start this week with the case. Uh, the gist here being the Reverend Jeremiah is, he, he wants to evict this kid from his uh, transitional house. And the kid is like, no, I'm not going. And the reason is he wants to evict him is because of drug use. They do drug testing and things like that. Uh, and he's, he's breaking the rules here. The kid comes back and says, uh, accuses him of a bunch of really crude shit, gets a lawyer, uh, the lawyer, Fisher Stevens, then comes back. And that's, that's our case, is the fight between Reddick Bozeman Coldstad and Gabriel Kovac uh, is his name. As, as slimy as the dude is, I'm not sure if you guys agree with it. I see him as like bizarro world Elsbeth, where like he can try to trick you or dupe you into thinking that he has no idea what's going on, but like boiling up a pot of just bullshit waiting. Mm. Cause like every time it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just playing uh I can't I can't figure out Candy Crush. I'm like, well, one, why are you playing Candy Crush <laughs> on the desktop? But okay. <laughs> but then when he was like, Oh, can you help me with this? And showed the video or whatever, and like all these little like Here's the, the funny thing is, though, all the clues he tried to, like, like, ah, I got you now, was flipped over on him. So that was kind of weird. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did enjoy his his approach to it, and I was still a little confused. So I guess he just cooked this up to – I'm, I'm not, not trying to, like, ruin anything, but, like, I guess he just cooked it up just to try to take down – yeah, take down, like, a, a known black figure. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, he would be kind of the – mishmash of Mike Christiva and uh, Elsbeth, uh, because he was working kind of on behalf of that, uh, I think they said an alt-right advocacy group or something, something like yeah. that, uh, where they just kind of take cases, try to get some money out of people, uh, rip, tear down their reputations and and get out, um, much like Christiva <laughs> is, is doing, but uh, with the Justice Department behind him and not just attitude. I think something about it's interesting about this case is that while the people that were suing the pastor are obviously, you know, not great people, they're, they're working for a shady organization on a, um, I I think it's pretty agreed upon at the end that the charges were uh, facetious or or just not based in fact, but the goal of the good guys in this episode is still to kick someone with a drug dependency onto the streets. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Like that is yeah. like the successful yeah. we're the good guys mission. And I think that's a very interesting thing that doesn't really get commented on in the episode, but is part of the tapestry, the thematic tapestry of this universe. Yeah, very good point. 
number one, I forgot about that. Totally. Uh, <laughs> I was, so cause I, I, but I definitely in the beginning was totally like, why did they, why, why do they automatically don't, I guess if everyone except Adrian think that the pastor didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought he did it. <laughs> so, so yeah. I was joking. Definitely joking. I went back and forth. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I watched it a second time it was super interesting watching it a second time because then it, you could see how in pain the pastor is. Like, I'm just trying to, like, I gave him money and I tested and don't look at my penis. I'm just like, oh, he's telling the <laughs> truth. So yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting. And I thought Jay shined really bright in this episode. Uh, just he had some really powerful cojones uh, just mm-hmm. as he went through going back to Fisher Stevens. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about him, but it's my own personal issue from short circuit when I was a little girl and I thought he was Indian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't trust you, but it has nothing to do with his role in the good life or in the good fight because it was a great role. Like even from the beginning, we're introduced to him stealing chocolates. So I was like, this is going to be fun. So he played this role really well, but yeah. I'm always, I, I don't know. I, I, I got to talk to Fisher Stevens one day at a conference. I don't know how much. <laughs> yeah. It's a very Saul Goodman, uh, Jimmy McGill type of uh, energy that he's giving off mm-hmm. uh, a little, like the, con- the, the confidence that he has in whatever hand he thinks he, he he's got. Uh, whatever tricks he thinks he's got up his sleeve to the general attitude uh, and even the crudeness at times. Yeah. Although although Jimmy McGill is much more, he's not quite on, he's not quite that dirty, Um, but he's, he's, he's been known to say some things. Uh, Speaking of Jay, there's one moment where when they are going to the, uh, to the house about the knock on the door and Maya asks if, do you ever, um, or, or do you carry a gun? No. Do you ever think you need, do you ever need one? All the time. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a few things with, with Jay within, within this one and Jay and Marissa kind of um, working together too. Those were, those were some fun moments. Oh yeah. And there was that, but also I guess Mr. Kovac was crushing on Marissa a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out eHarmony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever That's go so on sad. Oh. You yeah. should sometime. <laughs> he delivers it like it's the most romantic shit you could possibly like it's the fucking end of Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you should sometime. Like it's just going to a bar for a night. Uh, it's a little a little bit more. Oh, there was the the video with the the missing missing time when he when he turns that around. Uh, then they discover with Jay discovers that it's that there's an hour or so missing. Marissa uses that to kind of catapult herself into sponsorship for being a PI, a PI license. Yeah. There's very, the good fight is like, seems some parts Veronica Mars now Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) and some part the good wife uh, and then mushing them together to create this, to create the show. And I love Veronica Mars. Got no problem with that. Um, It's a fun show check it out um, I, I feel like the good fight is very much like draft two of how to write legal investigator plot lines <laughs> because for the with the good wife for those of us who have watched the good wife 
like they had a great actress in Archie Punjabi, but they just did not know what the fuck to do with Kalinda as a character. Mm. They would like send her out into like the gritty underbelly of Chicago um, for like her investigator things. And it was just like her being cool. And like that was the character. Like, I'm cool and I don't react to things. Yeah, and I need like, a maybe... raise. <laughs> yeah, question, exactly. Exactly. I only I've only seen the first episode. She, mm-hmm. Does she keep that leather jacket on like all the time? Yes. Her, how cool? Yes. Okay. Yes. All leather, pretty much all purple. <laughs> that I remember, yes. Uh so I think like both the buddy dynamic and like having more expressive characters really makes the investigation portions of the good fight way more successful than they were in The Good Wife. Yeah, I have a question. I don't think I know how sex and heart rates work. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) when they were describing it in the episode, I'm like, well, I mean, depending on what you're doing, wouldn't you be more relaxed? (laughs) So I don't know. I was trying to figure (laughs) that out. (laughs) So I was totally lost on that entire like I had to pretend like, oh yeah, there's no way. And I'm like, but wait, I don't. So is it just both of their heart rates were supposed to be really fast? I feel like you're doing it wrong. They're doing too much. Both, I guess, getting into things, you know. Because <laughs> his was also like down, like it was like complete. It's not like his was like even and he was just like, oh, I'm having a nice time and not really reacting physically. Like his yeah. was actively like down. Yeah, yeah, like concerning almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there were a few other things within here where each time the lawyer, uh, Kovac, came up with something, the, the priest, uh, excuse me, the reverend had a had a, a counter, which was, uh, oh, I gave him $9,000, a total of $9,000 in payments. Uh, and then he starts telling the story of the Good Samaritan. And honestly, this when he started talking about the Good Samaritan, then I was like, you're guilty. <laughs> you <Right. did> <laughs> <laughs> and when, oh, here's a video of you going in there at 11 o'clock and leaving at 1130. That's a half hour. You're in there too long. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's like, uh, it was a drug test. It was a late night drug test. He had a visitor. It's, it's standard practice. Um, so yeah, each time something came up, there was uh, something that the Reverend shot it, shot it down, or at least had his, his um, justification for, for doing these different things. Uh, I'd just like to know where He's able to give somebody like nine thousand dollars. There's got to be some sort of grant or nonprofit end of end of things, but that's a lot of money. Well, he so the the pastor Jeremiah he was a we saw him in the Good Wife and he okay. has a sizable congregation. Mm. Uh, he was the pastor who was like he and his son were like kind of competing to be Peter Ford's oh, yes. spiritual consultant, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yes, you are correct. Uh, and yeah, that was, if I remember, that, that was a big church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That, that now rings a bell. With the video footage and all of that, there was a very interesting scene between Jay and the guy who like ran the security video mm-hmm. where Jay's like, I just want to know the truth. And then the guy goes, mm-hmm. then die. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, oh snap, that passed a guilty. Cause that was yeah. weird. And even the way Jay looks at him he kind of leans back like, what is going mm-hmm. on? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you want to know the truth? Die and talk to God mm-hmm. about it. It's like, okay, let's, what are, how do you explain that in a courtroom? Just weird because then like the pastor may be innocent, but that dude knows something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because right. right before that, he was like, uh, right before that, he said 
that or Jay had said, there's there's an hour missing from this tape. And he's like, no, nah, that wouldn't happen. He's like, look, there's a time jump from here to here. And he's like, he didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. He helps all right. of us. <laughs> <Guilty>. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so weird. Yeah. Uh, so it ends up that they Jay finds out, they start digging into Kovac and finding out what's going on with him. They find this person who had... Uh, dealings with him she had i think sued for assault charges or something like that and then his lawyer made her sign an nda and that was on behalf of this company called as i stall first charter choice uh, so they are an alt right where they just kind of fund these cases to take down liberal causes from what i could or liberal people figures uh from what i could gather from things does that sound right yeah yeah. Uh, so when they get that information uh, from Jay, that cut was pretty fun too, because he's like, oh, I got all this information. I'm going to call up. And then it cuts to them hanging up the phone. Thanks, Jay. Nice job. <laughs> and then he walks in to, uh, to deal with them and pretty much backpedals right out of the room. Um, that was just a, kinda, a fun, fun moment. I kind of, I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I kind of really feel bad about that kid now because it's like he made all of these like claims and he walked in super confident like yeah I'm about to get paid blah 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 mm-hmm. and then when the, when the lawyer turns around he's like wait what how come where you I thought hold on here I come like yeah that was that was wild mm-hmm. Adrian pulls out article 1.7 code of ethics conflicts of interest between attorneys and their clients and they're aware he's done business with first charter choice also aware that selkirk subsidized the lawsuit to embarrass the good reverend and then kovac's like i think we're about done here uh and both adrian and carl are like yelling at him as he leaves uh pretty much uh come back we, we still got still got some suing to do I think that was the only time in the entire episode they were on the same page. And having a great laugh about it, too. Like, I, I right? half expected that the way this to go would be that they would shake hands and be like, ah, we were all, you know, we're all on the same side. Forget about it. Not so much. That was a, a truce for the moment. Uh, I was going to say, this marks I, marks, I think, the first time in The Good Fight uh, where I get to play my favorite game, which is, ooh, they're from The Wire. Uh, when Frankie Faison shows up. It's a game that if you take a shot watching The Good Wife every time an actor from The Wire shows up, it'll get you messed up. Or you can be like me and watch with my partner and just annoy the shit out of them by getting real close to them and whispering, do you know what show they're from? <laughs> they're from The Wire. Nice. ASMR. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, the only other thing I can think of is how... Kovac was projecting a lot of his insecurities whenever Diane came around. Uh, He talked about, you know, oh, your fancy country clubs and Mm -hmm. you went to Harvard and (laughs) why Mm -hmm. you keep sending all the white lawyers? Like what's going on? (laughs) That was a whole nother dynamic uh, in addition to him being crude and all the other things that I was just like, uh, okay, dude, like calm down. Uh, He sounds kind of like, and I say this as having been guilty of being that person, but he sounds like the white guy that like just found out about racism two weeks ago and needs to like really show that he gets it by just calling <laughs> everyone out wildly with the hopes that something sticks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were there were other 
pretty crude things uh, going on. We don't really need to discuss. Yeah, I'll get it. The, I guess the main thing to take away from this, uh, which leads into another storyline, which we'll talk about uh, toward the end, is that it causes a divide, or at least a bigger divide, between Carl and, and Adrian. Adrian did not want to take this case. Uh, talk, he talks about the optics of it throughout the, uh, throughout the episode, and uh, Carl is all about it. Uh, helping, you know, these, uh, helping the pastor, um, they go back, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, history and his own history that he's bringing back, which is how the episode opens up uh, with him kind of talking about who he is, why he is where he is, and why they all revere him. And you can tell that they do, because Adrian, while Adrian walks in there, uh, and nobody is, nobody's around. Uh, I, I almost expected that it was going to be his birthday and there was a surprise party or something happening. Um, but he goes to that conference room where everybody is packed in there, uh, just listening to, listening to him speak, talking about the civil rights movement and everything else. So yeah, the guy brings a whole lot of history and feels that the firm is starting to get away from that original mission. So he just kind of launches that wedge, um, he came with the, he came with the wedge to put between them because he's 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 talking about the different lawsuits and everything that are um, indictments and grand juries and all that stuff, um, but we'll talk about that split shortly. All right, uh, so we're gonna move on to Luca and Colin. Molly, how you feeling about Luca and Colin? Um, I feel. I feel so mixed about them and it's so interesting watching this time I it, it's it they're bothering me so much more um this this go around um because I think I like Justin Bartha but it's a little more like Bartha this time around uh, <laughs> um, so um, I, yeah and I think the the, the get out ask party I, I mean I really Luca handled it in a very Luca way of like, yeah, well, I have to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, and the whole thing with him running for senator and everything, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's, there's nothing about it that was feeling good. I don't think I was ever like yeah. super into them, but this time around, I'm, I'm way more against it than I was previously. <laughs> yeah, this feels very rom com ish to me, this particular episode. And I hope they don't kind of turn it into, into that, but this, this, there, there are rom-coms that have this exact thing where the parents have these, these grand plans for their, their kids. Uh, and, uh, they talk to the significant, significant other about that, who then gets their own ideas. And then it's the big split. The only thing we're missing here, which maybe we'll get next week is the big speech. Um, I thought we were going to get it at the end of this episode, but he was just like, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to break up, um, not, not, I'm trying to think of the right word, not monologue. I wanted to break up, um, montage, um, yeah. where like them trying to like figure things out and like a slow kind of burn. You see mm -hmm. him like walking slow, kicking rocks up and down like a, <laughs> yeah. in like a park. And then she's just like running just aggressively because she's upset. And it, I didn't like one goddamn drop of this um because mm -hmm. it, it feels like i understand they kind of want to flush some characters out but i'm starting to feel like i might be wrong in this but i'm starting to feel 
a little bit like uh, the way Tia did about Maya's partner, where it's like, mm-hmm. when was the last time? Uh, when was the last time Luca had a case or did anything in the office? Like a lot of mm-hmm. what we're mm-hmm. barely a little bit in the, in the previous episode, but it's just like, okay, for these episodes, she's not a lawyer. She's a strong, independent black woman, and we're gonna show that and we're gonna talk about that. And then the get out part. I was getting more and more annoyed. I'm just because yeah. it's not to that level, but I've had, I've been in those conversations where like a white dude or a white woman is trying to like, hey, isn't this bad? I'm like, obviously, why do you mm-hmm. want to bring this up with me? Like, I don't, yeah, it happened. I'm not going to waste my breath talking about it. Um, so they kind of hit the, hit the mark on that. Um, but as far as like them two together, Luca's making me look so bad because I thought she was a player. <laughs> I thought she was gonna just dust this little man off her shoulder, but no, she's crying in her very, very expensive car. Like it's, <laughs> I don't like any of it. She said it last uh, or an episode or two ago that he fucked up. He got her interested, and as, as cool as she tries to be about this, we see she likes it. Yeah, she's into him. But why? <laughs> that's right what i'm stuck with i'm just like ah. we'll have to save like, that whole discussion for the bartha cast the, the close the closest <laughs> thing any of his attempts at chemistry involve him loudly proclaiming sexual fantasies in the courthouse while on the phone <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he can't stop doing that yeah he needs to mm-hmm. and i just i just feel like in in national treasure he <laughs> <laughs> He had a really nice charm about him, so I know he's able to do it. Like, mm-hmm. and he was able to talk in a voice that wasn't just this voice down here. It's like he puts on this voice that's so annoying. Uh, well, not maybe... as annoying as Colin's dad. Uh, oh God! Because if you remember him, he was like, "Isn't Trump a nightmare?" My God, what he said about the Central Park fog. <laughs> Come on. And just, just making direct eye contact with Luke and saying, the root is a great website. Uh, oh. Terrible, terrible people. I'm and a I, alert. I do enjoy that they are showing this side of liberalism, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, these, these people that do exist, these idiots, because... These and also bringing up different things on the other spectrum of the fake news, uh, talking about oh they're gonna tag Muslims uh, and you know do these different things. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff that they're bringing up. They're not both sidesing anything by any means, but at least they're showing like yeah we mm-hmm. we know those people exist over there too. But I think it's a tough thing, and it's something this show doesn't fall into often, but it does sometimes. Where when you are depicting the political reality of a lot of these people it's so hard to convey it without it coming off as cartoonish yes because if you're portraying it accurately it feels cartoonish right and i think that's one issue i have with the party scene and a lot of like the stuff is that there are other times where the good fight sort of explores that and it feels more natural whereas this episode does sort of feel like playing the hits yeah right like, yeah, do you know Jay-Z? It's just so right. random. But those, I, I mean, I hate to say it, like uh, like Keen, I have also been in those situations and they 
are sometimes just that corny to the point where yeah. you, you want to like look off to like a fake camera like this mm -hmm. <laughs> did you just ask me that the will smith cut just kind of like the <laughs> are you serious yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I was once hanging out uh, with some friends over the holidays, and this was back when I had locks. And with no prompting whatsoever, I sit down at the table, and the parents just say, "We've been to Jamaica." <laughs> I was like, "Come on!" And I just didn't know it. I, we weren't even talking about it. I literally just sat down, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of folks, uh, many white folks, not all, I'd say, you know, a high percentage, just don't know how to talk to black people. And I think some of the liberal ones just get so excited and even <laughs> yeah. even one of uh the things they did with luca like oh like what was it they said settle this bet or mm -hmm. we want to yeah. ask you it's like finally all these things that we wanted to ask one of those people they're here they're at the party like so it's 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 definitely something that you see in a lot of different films because it's so true like it really happens in real life yeah. and i wish that was not <laughs> was mm -hmm. not the case um, I am excited when we get there. I can't wait to talk about Clarence. Uh, hey, Luca, you did uh, hire me. Uh, we got him back. back. <laughs> so yeah, that guy, he was, that's kind of, that. he was the catalyst to the breakup, you know? Yeah, that party was just moment after moment. It was, a, it was farcical, the, the, the party itself was farcical. Um, because he he invites uh, or not the party well the party was but also even the art gallery, um, where that kind of all starts getting set up. He are we still on for tonight? Uh, yeah, but I want to have us go to this place, an art gallery. So they're trying to kind of stay off the radar, and uh, let me kiss you before anybody sees. And then his mom is right there, uh, <laughs> and then we get this 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 scumbag doofus lawyer uh, in in things who also comes right out and says something. Uh, what the hell did he? Well, oh, he, he, was, started, he, he was, was talking about the the Muslim the Muslim ban, yeah, and Trump. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> are you Muslim? Maybe you are. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clarence talking to Luca and congratulates her for oh, congratulations on dating him. <laughs> That's gonna look real good for him. Um, and then she just basically heads out abruptly as the birthday song is getting sung. <laughs> so she didn't even wait to, for the candles to get blown out. <laughs> yeah. They're jumping Without the gun. Colin's not even in the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, he's like, they don't stop. He's staring, he's staring <laughs> off to the distance and they're like deep into the song. Like mm -hmm. they're like on the third happy birthday. Like it's, that's so creepy and weird. Yeah. 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 This party was for them. Yeah, I think that's what really gets me about Colin in particular, like where I'm really off off board. I'm like, you don't, you witness so many of those conversations and now Luca wants to leave and you're like, what? What's going on? Like, <laughs> right, right. Dude, like, I, I, because they try to paint him like he has this awareness no. that like, you know, his parents are talking in this way that's, you know, ridiculous. But then he's like, has, he can't like, put two and two together to yeah. it's so I'm, dumb to me i'm slowly yeah. developing a theory behind uh behind his acting style for this role i think he's playing with he's playing with two different elements one i know my family is rich and we're terrible for it two i still don't know how to talk to people so i mm -hmm. think he's blending those two things together and that's why he's kind of like very like this and very yeah, I'm going to go down on you in a public area. Oh, I, you shouldn't have heard that. And he's a movie film guy, too. 
<laughs> movie bone. Uh, yes, Luca, I would love to see you again. Please press two. Um, if you want me to go down on you, press three. <laughs> I think. So I think I think he's he's playing that. So like when you see him with that dumb face, he's literally in. Like I think the character's mind is just like, oh man, I don't know. I literally don't know what to do because my family is crap and she's great, but she doesn't. Uh, so. I think that's where like the, the 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 face of like he like literally doesn't know what to do. So mm-hmm. I think that that's the elements he's playing with. Yeah, I think it's solid theory. It's it's also yeah, it pans out. Yeah, and connected to what Kane just said, I feel like when before Luca got with Colin, there was like this. They tried to make him more mysterious or cool, and then it's almost like right after they have sex. Uh, right after he had sex, I feel like he just became more and more awkward and corny from his performance in the courtroom, um, you know, during the whole grand jury thing, and and then everything with this episode with his family. So I don't know, it's this, you know, kind of the veil uh, has been lifted in some ways where it's like, ooh, who's this guy? And we're splitting burgers. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, mom, stop. And it's like, wait. So, yeah. I think I, I, I think it's kind of like um, whenever I see something like this, I think of maybe the first time I've ever seen it was I used to watch. I think a lot of people did. I used to watch uh, Boy Meets World. And in the first season of Boy Meets World, Eric seemed like the coolest big brother ever because you're seeing it from Corey's perspective. I'm a little brother. I'm looking up to him. But the older Corey gets, the dumber Eric gets. And he, mm. I don't think Eric's getting dumber. I think he's just learning it and stopped. seeing the real him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. we're seeing that Colin, even though he's a smart lawyer and like good looking and he can be charming, dude's a rich dork. Like <laughs> like mm-hmm. simple yes. simply put. And we're just seeing more and more of it. So yeah. Yep. He needs a sit down chat with Mr. Feeney. <laughs> Mr. Matthews. Mr. Matthews. Another problem. Another girlfriend going to lose. <laughs> so at the end of this thread. Uh, Colin's been calling. Luca has not been answering, which is happens in one of the other storylines too. And she says it's not about the family; it's about this relationship. It's run its course. I'm not an accessory, a trophy, and I'm sure as hell not a wife. And he says, "Yeah, I didn't say you were." And if anybody says it, fuck them. Uh, and then she just kind of digs in a little bit more. And this was a weird thing to say to me, or say, say to me, say to her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why he was talking to me like this. Um, <laughs> a weird, I felt it was a weird thing to say. Like, I don't like your tone. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. What was I don't like your dude. tone, which I guess maybe it's just this has a breakup tone to it. Like this is the end tone. I don't like your tone, but I don't like your tone. I always associate with like a reprimanding of some mm. of some kind. Yeah, he. T- yeah. I think maybe he turned into one of his parents or something. He just mm-hmm. didn't know, because that again, that that seems like a, a a really drastic or abrupt shift in his language. Like I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. he talks like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't like your tone, Luca. Now go to your room <laughs> without supper. <laughs> and like, uh, especially after a whole evening. Uh, of people being racist towards her yeah for him to literally literally tone police uh just uh, like uh gross grody weasel seriously and didn't really even say anything in front of them 
just he said mm. stuff to her and he yes. said stuff to mom separately like mom you know ease it up a little bit on her it's like yeah sure okay yeah, yeah. but nothing he, ever he, in the moment it seemed he says he doesn't want her to be a trophy and isn't trying to treat her like a trophy or wife but then allows her to be treated that way by yes. a horde of people mm-hmm. wow where were y'all when I was in my, <laughs> my 20s and my teens, I could have used your insight at many a parties. Oh, you know God. what? I didn't have it. You didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. True. Not sure true. I do now. <laughs> but um, the other thing uh, too is y'all know from the jump, I have not, I have not like their coupledom, the consummations, any of the fact that yeah. she even gave him attention. Yeah, and I called it, I was like- Anti-Kaluka. Oh no, the couple name. Uh, but yeah, I, and I said she was going to get hurt. However, I expected Colin to directly hurt her, but not for the hurt. And in some ways he did, but the biggest thing that was her reaction came from, like, it was a third person and it was indirect and who knows if this is true or not. So I, I wasn't, I don't know. I'm kind of let down by that. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, so I think they will end up getting back together because they're going to, he's going to have to explain, I guess, some details. Like I'm not trying to be the next de Blasio and yada, yada, yada. But um, I thought it would have, I thought the hurt she would have felt from Colin would have been more direct versus, you know, Clarence being, you know, like, oh, did you hear, you know? Yeah. He, he's, he, he's the guy in the, in the rom-com that lets the person know it was a bet the yep. whole time. <laughs> you know? yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which it wasn't, or if it started out that way, there's feelings there now. It's okay. Yeah. You know, what we had was real. Uh, well, she, uh, I think it's her, Luca, that says, I have to go. Uh, and then she goes to the car mm-hmm. and has, she gives herself like 30 seconds to be upset and then straight faces and pedal to the metals out there. Mm-hmm. I know Molly and Jack, you know what's going on here, going coming, mm-hmm. coming up. Tia, yeah. Keen, yeah, keep those faces straight. <laughs> Keen and Tia. What do you think? What do you think is coming up, short term? Short term is something that I can't wait to see. Which I think Luca back on her bullshit. I think she's gonna be out at like at that. She's gonna be at Mike's eating a whole burger by herself, and then <laughs> and then she gonna she's gonna bang the next dude that looks her in the eye. I'm not saying that to be mean <laughs> or anything, but she's doing that to get over the hurt. And then I don't know if she's gonna rub it in his face, but somehow he's gonna find out. And he's gonna yeah. be like, but, but I thought no, you thought wrong, dummy. Mm-hmm. And then then she's gonna be back on her bullshit. Something's gonna happen. I don't know what. I think something's gonna happen as like a mini cliffhanger in the season finale. I got a feeling mm-hmm. around her. Not sure why. I got a feeling though. Okay. I can see that for sure. Like even the next episode opening up with the way the first Luca appearance opened up seeing that uh, I think it was the personal trainer, either that kind of thing or them out together with just cutting right to him and being like, oh, I'm really surprised you called, but I'm glad, <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, Tia? Yeah, it's so funny that you asked this because I can think of everything that I don't want to see happen, but not, <laughs> so I don't even want to say, oh, this will happen. Uh, a few episodes ago, Keen mentioned an uh-oh baby. I don't know, that's mean, <laughs> a baby, like a surprise. So I hope, I hope, that she's not pregnant but I also hate that why do women even why does that have to even be put on the table for yeah. you know women characters on tv so I'm kind of I mm-hmm. want to reject that notion however I would love to see 
Andrea Martin as a grandmother, because <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> hilarious. Not good for the child because she's definitely going to be like, oh, look at my mixed black grandchild. Um, so, but I think that would be cool just because I like Andrea Martin as an actress and uh, hope the personal trainer comes back. Also, I hope that Colin doesn't end up working at Reddick, Bozeman, and Kolstad. That please, 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 God, no. <laughs> so, I, 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 no, it's probably, I, gonna it's probably gonna happen. I don't it's want, it, I don't happen. want him there. No, Ugh. it's probably gonna happen. It's probably gonna tie into uh, Keen's uh, cliffhanger kind of thing, uh, where he either loses his job or gets offered a job and he has to think about it, you know. Mm. Especially with the Christiva stuff coming up and the insight that he can give in, into things. Yeah, I feel like that's Wait, if, probably if, gonna there's, happen. There's also a possibility that like a third, maybe like 50-50 diverse law firm could come up. It doesn't always have to be like Christiva's situation and Reddick, but you know, and, and also Diane's law firm, her firm, her old law firm. Mm -hmm. So that law firm is still in the city. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this bipartisan situation. So maybe Colin no. can work at another law firm. Mm -hmm. Nah, I don't trust that old dude. He <laughs> had that, that racist Yiddish shit. Nah, I ain't mm -hmm. with it. <laughs> yeah. Howard? Yeah. Oh, Howard, yeah. 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 The Arundels. Uh, so Jack, what are, what are your thoughts? I think it's a fun <laughs> misdirect. I, I like that. I hate when shows do like a fake out, any kind of fake out self-harm thing and like make a meal of it. And they're like, oh, we're really getting in there. And it's just like violent and shitty to watch. So yeah. I love that it didn't get that far before they subverted it. So like we get mm -hmm. the gist. And I really, really like the scene where he is like lying on the ground, probably broken bones and like giving directions. And they have that moment of connection where like they clearly... There is not a lot of like genuine love there, but they need to get shit something done. And I really yeah. like that moment. Yeah, it was a, uh, uh, reminded me of Knives Out, mm -hmm. uh, where he's kind of good, like, we have this amount of this much time, we have to get this done. If this happens, this happens, this happens, this goes mm -hmm. wrong, <laughs> you know, so those kinds of moments. Uh, yeah. Knives Out two and three coming soon to Netflix. <laughs> uh, Keen. Uh, yeah, watching that, even the fact, like, I knew, I had a feeling what he was doing as soon as he wasn't answering her calls or whatever. I'm like, oh, he's plotting to do something to himself or plotting to, like, end himself. But when this idiot reached out from the goddamn <laughs> noose and just flipped over, <laughs> the, 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 the young, aspiring creative writer in me was like, well, maybe... Maybe he did all this to kind of bring the family back together. And then the, the actualization is just like, no, he's too much of a fucking idiot to even think that far ahead. He just slipped. Mm -hmm. And all of this is just happening. So as soon as he landed, he like kind of was like, oh, I was like, you fucking idiot. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let out that ET. Ouch. <laughs> Tia. Yeah, I had the same similar thoughts as Keen, where I was like, okay, maybe he set this up. Uh, to get his wife back and to get his daughter back. And it was just, you know, um, yeah, because I don't know, he felt, I, I don't know. He was like, he was ready with instructions. He was like, okay. And even how he yeah. made sure to get in touch with Amy. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, I just don't trust him. But yeah, he is kind of, uh, he's not the smartest. Uh, also, this whole situation, y'all, I just want it to be known. I ain't checking for Amy no more. 
I don't care. <laughs> so, if she's in an episode, cool. If she's not, I don't care. Because now that she, my complaint last time was, oh no, she, she's finally back, but she only had like two lines. This time she's in more scenes, but she's kind of like a placeholder and- mm, She's you a know, tour guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she might as well have been like on staff or something. But you know, she Maya mentions Uncle Jacks and she's like, call Uncle Jacks. Oh, uh, okay. And then when Maya's like, tell the paramedics wow. he fell, and she's like, oh, uh, okay. Like she just has no depth to her character. I don't like other characters like Yisha, Clarence have more character than Amy. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I will not be mentioning Amy henceforth unless she makes a big move. <laughs> she was, she it was down. <laughs> so infuriating to me that she like burst into the office and's like Maya, you know your super manipulative shitty father. He left a really manipulative shitty message with me. I'm worried and needed to run here and tell you so that you're worried about this now, which yeah. you didn't want to be very clearly. <sighs> yeah. So Lenore is uh, she arrives and this is one of the the clips that I had because we always we have the one that I like, which is this one. We called for pizza. Uh, <laughs> but this one, when she arrives at the hospital. It's your leg and your back. It's everything. <laughs> no, please play that again. Wait, play it again. It's your leg and your back. It's everything. <laughs> the inflections. It's a, it's yeah. a roller coaster. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Sounds Thank like the uh, scientist from The Simpsons. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, it's, it's an amazing full circle thing where, you know, in season one of this show, uh, Bernadette Peters is doing a very bad Mandy Patinkin impression for a lot of these lines. And in season five, Mandy Patinkin's going to be in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go to the hospital. Maya has that confrontation with Lenore and says, uh, lets him know, lets her know that Henry knows about what she's doing. And Lenore just like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, what you mean? <laughs> and she's like, mom, knock it the fuck off. And then she's like, whips out the, the suicide uh, letter and just starts quoting to her. Uh, she's like, how do you know what he thinks? Because I got it right here. I got it right here. And then she goes, and I, we're, I guess we we're to assume that had that kind of break off chat with, uh, with Jax, because uh, then she, he storms off. Uh, then she goes in to hug Henry, Maya sees that go on, and then there's that quick interaction at the end with with Jax, uh, and says, uh, "How's Henry? Go away! Uh, I just, go away! Get <laughs> out!" It, am I am I wrong in saying Jax is too old to be called Jax? Like Jax is something you think of like a little toddler or like a like mm-hmm. a teenager. Like you're a grown ass man with a business. Like if you don't call yourself Jackson and just keep it moving. Like I don't know. It's just you <laughs> about Jax from Jackson. Mortal Kombat. I don't like that either because the whole story of him <laughs> training so bad that he ripped off both of his arms makes no fucking like it, I, between one and two. Whole, yeah, it's a whole yeah thing. No thank All you. All right, anti Jax, got it. Anti Jaxer. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on Rendell's? They're all a mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not smart. <laughs> like, mm. None no. of them are. No. I would love to. I would love to find out that. There's just like a another sibling of Maya's that's doing really well and just completely out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. 
and just living a great life. It's, they uh, they do that in The Sopranos. There's like a bunch of messy siblings and then just one who lives on the other side of the country that shows up twice and is like, y'all don't need to do this. It's great. <laughs> Every show should have that. Oh, our, our missing child has come home. You know what we should do? We call it for pizza. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm mad how right. perfect that was. Moving oh, on to uh, Reddick v. Bozeman. So, uh, Jack, uh, just in case you have to cut out before we finish, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think this, they, they very clearly lay out like the thematic import. I mean, Barbara has that whole speech at the end that is just like, did you get the themes? Well, here they are, very highlighted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I, I think it was a episode this show needed to have um, because the whole crux of this plotline is what does the future of this law firm look like? And I think Reddick is very much not necessarily, he's, it's interesting because he's an idealist, but he's an idealist who's willing to compromise mm-hmm. because this pastor he's helping out, like the e- e- even you know, he stuck with him and maybe he was right in the end, but like there was, there were sh- shady elements to that relationship and it that, that are, are rooted in the past, that are rooted in a very, you know, good is good, bad is bad type of thinking mm-hmm. where, and, and a type of thinking that isn't profitable. And mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks, but like, he's not there every day. Adrian is. Adrian's looking at the documents. He's looking at the finances, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Barb says as much as much too. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I were to meme a moment from this, it would be the Leo pointing. And <laughs> when when Barb says we're here fighting the good fight, ugh, oh yep, title pointing, yeah. yep, pointing right to it. That's what yeah, we're doing. Was. That's yep. when you drink, Tia. Um, man, I just again, I love I love this actor. I love Lewis Gossett Jr. so much. And okay, so Carl Reddick. He was rocking a really dope diamond earring. I don't know if anybody saw it. He looks good. He looks <laughs> good for his age. And then he pointed out some things that I feel only like, you know, somebody who's been in the game a long time has to come around and remind people about. Like when he yeah. talked about, you know, <laughs> Percy starts off, you got grand jurors all up your butt. <laughs> like, he was just saying, <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, and then yeah. he also mentions how Chum Hum only has 2% Black employment Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. things where it's like okay this is why it's reddick bozeman and colstad like we need that perspective and so when he said that i was like ew i mean i already didn't like neil gross and chum hum but for him to say for it to be said during the episode i thought was important and i I also like just how he played just even though he hasn't been there for a while just kind of i I don't know would you call it a montage but him going around to different people in the office and just being like hey Mm -hmm. uh and just being yeah. very working cool. their firm. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, last thing I'll just share is at the end, I busted out laughing because that last line where Carl Reddick goes, you think uh, the fights are different now, but you're mm-hmm. wrong. They're the same. Mm-hmm. Right after he says that, a banjo starts playing. <laughs> I'm like, why they do that to this man? Come on now. But it's like, he says it and it's like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> if you listen yeah. back, a banjo starts playing. That's yeah. uh, Muddy Waters. I think it was I'm Coming Home. So I think mm. that's what it's called. Um, yeah. Oh, real quick, very sorry. I'm going to yeah, hop sorry. out. 
Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Ah! Uh, winner is Marissa for getting that license. The loser is that person that had to hear Colin make that sexual remark in the courthouse <laughs> <laughs> on public. I think it's the same man as it was last time. That poor, poor man. All right. Thank you, Jack. I'll see you. Um, Hi, Jack. Enjoy dinner. Yeah. Di there's also moments where Diane keeps trying to remove herself from the conversations. Uh, and she kind of keeps getting pulled back in. She starts to, she's like, I, I will go. And then Jeremiah, <laughs> Pastor Jeremiah is like, oh, Diane, hey, come on in. Uh, and then she's about to leave again. And Carl pulls her into the room to talk with them about the pastor, pastor issue um, and whether or not they're going to enforce eviction notices. Mm -hmm. Barb says at one point about Carl that he's here for two weeks and then he's gone. Yeah. So I guess he does. This is just a normal thing, and we're probably going to see it again. I've dealt with something similar to that. Um, uh, I used to run a uh, like a weekly show, and the owner kind of had that kind of thing with him, where like he'll be he'll hover around for like a good month, and then you won't see him for like a, maybe a year, and then all of a sudden, like when he's there, he's like locked in. Like, all right, yeah, we got to fix that. We got to do this. Da 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 da. And like me and the people that used to run that show, we used to look at each other and literally say that, like, only here for a little bit. And then when he's done, it'll get back to normal. I, I did, I really enjoyed, because like, I almost, I almost fucked up, because I watched it today. I almost fucked around and watched the next episode. And mm -hmm. then something, I saw it, I'm like, wait, this don't feel right. I don't think we're on episode nine yet. And I went back and it confused me even more when it said Reddick the Bozeman. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's Reddick and Bozeman what's to be there for but to, to finally like meet uh the reddick because like i would always mm -hmm. be like all right so there's adrian that's bozeman and then bar that's colstad all right bozeman where the f and i kept thinking to myself where the fuck is reddick and what's the deal um, with the reddick <laughs> what's the deal with reddick no um, i haven't always seen him <laughs> i i do like him or the idea of having like an elder statesman uh kind of partner it's like like someone said earlier it it, it supplies like the, the history to it or the legacy i should say for that entire firm um but i do think that when it comes to a situation like that you have to let you can't micromanage and and that's what he's doing right now like he showed that he knew a few things here and there and honestly i'm a little confused at the end because it sounded like it was a tie, but he was like, all right, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> he just got up and left. I'm like, dude, you're still in it. Like, what are you doing? And then the fact that I can't, can't remember his name from this uh, from this show, but dude for Spin City, he's leaving. Julius. I, Julius. I agree with uh, with Bozeman. Why the hell does he have a vote? He's not even going to be here for this. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, speaking, of, like me. speaking of, that is one of my favorite interactions of uh, episode and it's when Julius is at the vote and Adrian sees him. And this is that, that moment. Julius, save your seat. Oh, fucking Julius. Thanks, girl. Don't worry, Linda was the best customer yes. on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Julius. Yeah. Save your seat. Oh, fucking Julius. Thanks, girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, fucking and Julius. Another really good one, too. Another really good character. Uh, I forget what. Love yeah. it. He's, really like he's talking. To, yeah, he's talking to Jay too in that in that scene. Which was mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jay. Jay was asked to give the. I'm sorry. Go to you. 
But no, I was just going to say Jay proved himself hecka loyal. That's all. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Because uh, cool. Carl had asked him uh, first to dig into uh, the kid, uh, the the addict at the at the house who uh, they're they're going to throw out. But then asked him, well, he, he doesn't, that was an on-screen or an off-screen ask. The on-screen ask was, eh, get a lay of the land. See where people stand with uh, with this with this vote that's coming up. Uh, so then he goes to to Adrian and is like, uh, "How honest do you want me to be with with that count when I do tell him?" So yeah, really, Jay Jay is showing that loyalty because uh, again, Adrian, as we've talked about in previous episodes, is just he's he's they're they're all family to him, uh, and he takes anybody there he's going to take care of. Yeah, and then he, then he's just updating him on the count uh, when they see Julius because it was but uh, 11 for Adrian um, uh, by by his count he was up Adrian was up one and then they spot <laughs> spot Julius Julius there and Barb had abstained from voting uh, so the vote ends up being 11 for Adrian 12 for Carl Adrian wants the room polled uh, and Carl wants to, to vote to remove him as uh what 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 was the position i thought it was just the lead or like the responsibility the of like the day-to-day uh, okay gotcha yeah remove him from the managing uh positions and uh barb says uh i want to vote and he's like ah no it's too late no it's not too late <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> can't do it too late stop the count yeah yeah stop the count <laughs> stop the count <laughs> Uh, it's not uh, heart and head, she says. It's past and future. And throughout the episode, they give him all of the due respect that he has 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 very clearly earned. But they just don't have him in mind as the future of this of this firm. I think uh, yeah. the I think that whole storyline was really cool because like it 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 goes back to kind of what what Jack says about about the show and about the universe where it's like neither side is really wrong in this whereas though for, he's coming at it or um uh, reddick is coming from the position of hey i built this this isn't what i envisioned for you to be doing all of a sudden like i said the the <laughs> the grand jury's up your butts uh then you got <laughs> you got uh chum home and all, all this other stuff so he's making valid points mm-hmm. but at the same time like like someone said earlier, Bozeman's like, hey, yeah, I mean, I would love to be like the the hero and like have the cape, but I got, we gotta pay bills, bro. Like we mm-hmm. need money, oh, so yeah. we gotta yeah. do that. So I like that yeah. they 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 are able to do that to like have two opposing sides, some good, some wrong, but they have valid points on on both sides. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, bringing that up really makes me think about because I always wondered about the case in this episode paired with what's going on with Reddick and Bozeman and like they could argue about any case but I think what this particular case really showed is that honestly for for me it like Adrian's response initially was the most appropriate is like no I'm I believe this this kid and I'm not gonna we're not a good look for us to be Mm -hmm. defending you know somebody who could have raped this young kid and the way carl stands by him really in that moment makes him seem very villainous 
and then to find out that he's right and it's like well why why was he right did he did he just know did he like it's so yeah tricky and and really points to what Keen's saying about like yeah neither side is ultimately wrong but it's they they have they have such different visions for for what is right Yeah. yeah It reminds me of kind of the, uh, which is forever the argument in like any nonprofit, and it could be any business, but mostly nonprofits is this like quality versus quantity. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. there's uh, another argument that happens between Adrian and Carl is Carl says, you haven't, uh, you haven't taken I don't know who it was, but you haven't taken their call. They've been trying to get in touch with you. And then Adrian's like, they haven't brought in money since 2009. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, do we like foster these relationships? Do we remember lessons from our past or are we going, you know, chum hum and, you know, I'm not taking calls from so-and-so and, and and there's valid points. Like everyone's been saying for both, but yeah, it's, but that's why I think they need, they all need each other. Yeah. Uh, and even in those moments where Carl is kind of betraying them, because he, he is, uh, especially Adrian, he even says as much. Uh, he says to Carl, you got old, Carl, and you're betraying me right now, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I still respect you. I still love everything about what you've done for, for this firm. And he basically says, uh, yeah, I've been called old for like the past 20 years. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh or it makes me smile. Mm-hmm. This old man may just kick your ass. And he, that's a, if that's not a perfect hard, old guy thing to say, right? That's a perfect old, old guy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Threatening yeah. fights. Come on, man, sit down. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some more Carl through throughout this because it isn't over. It was, it was, a, it was a draw. Mm-hmm. So let's see. If he's going to stay around or if he's going to leave for a little while and then come back. Hmm. Uh, Any other thoughts on this thread or any of the others that just popped into your heads? Yeah, I can't wait for Julius to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I love him, but yeah, that kind of, I was like, okay, buddy, like you're, you're trouble. I, I, I am curious and only Molly knows this. I would love to see a scene between the man I call Clarence Carson, uh, aka Andy Andrew Hart. Hart. Yeah. Yes, Andrew Hart and Carl Reddick. Cause that, I mm. think that would be a freaking, if it's played right, <laughs> I think it would be a really sweet scene. Oh, you know, I bet they are probably old rivals too. That is that is gonna be like the grumpy old men of of the good fight, I think. Yeah, I'm look, I, oh. that's, that's a good one. I'm looking forward to that now too. Yeah, if it I happens. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'll just say I'm I'm really interested to see how you all feel about how everything plays out with the Reddick storyline. Huh. I, I think it's talking about it is making me really excited about what's to come <laughs> wrong and <we> are. <laughs> discussing those things. How wrong you are. And yeah. I'm really excited to see how exactly yeah. dumb each of you can be. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's hit yeah. some winners and losers. Uh, Molly, who do you have for a loser? Uncle Jacks, um, mm. because, well, first of all, he got dumped. Also, he's got stupid hair and <laughs> he looks like an idiot the entire time. <laughs> got those hobbit feet. Like, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, just knowing those hobbit feet are out of frame. Ugh, <laughs> and he got told to get. Yeah. <laughs> Could on, I get? get. 
but I just wanted to get. <laughs> but what if I go? All right, uh, Keen. <laughs> My loser is uh, I can't want to call him Ed Rendell because the the mayor thing, but uh, Henry. Yeah, Henry Rendell. Fucking idiot. Like got got press mm-hmm. suit, nice pants, all of us just a look. <laughs> just a yeah. flip over. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I definitely. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because but, that know. is such a overdone trope in movies or TV shows when there's a, a suicide of, of someone of some professional or military background, uh, something like that, where they kind of, they, they get showered, they get ready for their day, they put on their uniform, and then they step on a chair or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was surprised that that happened, but I'm glad that it, it played out the way that it did although it does prolong this storyline <laughs> and i also like that it was like i was i was just i was checking the roof okay we're all green and i put on this nice suit and i was checking the roof <laughs> right um tia yeah my loser is fisher stevens <laughs> for both personal yeah. and professional for short circuit too <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no mr kovac uh the lawyer yeah, he, he was stealing chocolates. He Please. was trying to set up the pastor, all the alt-right foolishness. And even the way he left when he was caught, it was like, you know, it was very Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, like I almost got away with it if it wasn't for you, you lawyers. <laughs> and then uh, he, pew! And yeah. like behind the shadow. <laughs> right. <laughs> catches and up was, with him later. <laughs> or yeah, Fisher Stevens-sized hole through the, through the wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah all of that and then jack also um wait was it it was either jack or you mike but one of y'all pointed out just his poor attempts at flirting with marissa uh yeah so he's a loser for me in this episode my loser let's go with julius for trying to stick it to adrian on the way out the door and coming up short Mm. yes that's a good one bonus loser Anyone seemingly in the good verse about to go for a jog because this is the second <laughs> week in a row somebody was like uh, stopped as they were about to go for a jog. Um, and Paul the addict because um, he's still an addict, you know, he's still got that he's still got that issue, and he has no money, and he's going to get evicted. Um, so hopefully, he pops up clean at some point in the uh, in the good verse. Uh, winners, Tia. My winner for this episode is uh, uh the fitbit <laughs> um yeah. fitbit save the day you can't fool them it's fitbit they all up in your business they know when you sleep <laughs> they know when you wake <laughs> they know when you're not having sex apparently uh so <laughs> yeah it's a good advertisement for fitbit also so they are the winners of this episode sure. well they would be my personal losers because my fitbit broke today oh no i'm mad at it terrible Oh, Molly, no. Anyway, side note, another loser for me. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> my winner initial original was going to be Marissa, but I think Jay can be counted as a winner as well, uh, just because he, it, it showed a lot of his, it, it showed how cool he is and how cool he has to be to, to do the work that he does, because I love I love the fact that like the 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 uh, I forgot he just said his name too the the guy that got kicked out he uh, Paul yeah he um he was saying how like hey pick up that pick up that letter or what you gonna do about it ask you politely 
<laughs> can you yeah. please pick up that letter? <laughs> like, yeah, because like I don't have to do, I don't have to resort to fisticuffs. I can get things the way I need to. And like how how loyal he was to to Adrian was really cool too. Because like like you said, like if you if he looks out for you, that builds the family kind of structure that they have going. So definitely Jay. Yeah, good one, Molly. Yeah, I I do agree with the Jay one. I guess I'll go with Barb. I feel like at the end of the episode, she had a redeeming moment because that's one of my issues with Barbara is that I find that she's she's just constantly in this middle ground and and there's not this strong point of view that she holds. And I just, I really appreciated this moment where she took that stand and then also the moment between her and Adrian having a drink and like there is a history there there is a um this shared experience and bond yeah to build on here yeah yeah it 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 was that moment in particular was very Diane Will kind of mm-hmm. vibes coming off of there where they would kind of go and have their have their drink after sometimes being at each other's throats on opposite ends of things or just celebrating celebrating a case um and getting each other's backs yeah uh my winner i'm gonna go with adrian uh adrian bozeman for surviving the vote for seeing exactly where people stand like he knows exactly uh as as a leader who doesn't want him to be in that position that's pretty pretty good for him uh he knows that jay is super super loyal he's got a growing team up between jay and and marissa yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with uh, with Adrian Bozeman. Oh, and Barb, of course, playing into that with having having his back and keeping him as the deciding vote in his position for now. Yeah. But yeah, Marissa's got to be up there as a winner, winner too. Getting her getting her PI license. So yeah, yeah. I am nice. wondering: is this going to be something like with Marissa? Or is this just going to be like her thing every episode? Um, like every time there's a case, it's like, you know, they're stuck in a certain point and then Marissa magically appears and she's like, wait a second, I've seen this before. Wait a second, yeah. this looks familiar. <laughs> wait, you know, so I like, I feel like this for me, this is the last episode <laughs> where I feel like it, they need to change up the template or, you know, change up how she gets inserted in the cases because yeah. that's like a back-to-back, like oh, frustrated, can't figure it out. Wait, I know the answer. <laughs> So I love her. I love her. But yeah, I'm like, oh, let's, I hope they do. I hope it evolves. I hope her character and how she engages evolves. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that will do it for episode eight, Reddick v. Bozeman. We're going to be back real soon with episode nine, which I already know features one of my favorite, least favorite characters uh, in the good verse. And I can't wait for it. Uh, Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Keen. Thank you, Tia. Thank you, Jack off screen. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Bye.